Welcome to this week's episode where we welcome tattoo artist, painter, drummer, photographer, and former car audio installer, Anthony Orsati. And I just can't feel this old so we'll just keep shoveling. Oh! Former car audio installer. What do you think of that title, Anthony? Former car audio installer? I, I, kind of not former. I mean, I guess you would still be doing it today if you had a car uh, audio system. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know, man. You can put whatever. I'm easy. I'm a jack of all trades, man. I, that totally. list will go on forever. So. so for those of you who who know uh, a little bit about my history, I used to sell car audio for a company called Nosh Car Audio. Uh, back in the day, Thunder Car Audio was a big installer here in Newmarket, John Harrison. John and Anthony had been friends forever. And Anthony and John were our installers at our shop. And it was the best times. Like, I had so much fun with these two. They taught me so much about not just – Car audio, of course, I had to learn all that stuff. Uh, installation, all the little tricks and how not to blow things up. But just how to be a good dude, like how to be a nice person and how to care about people and to be good friends. Um, Anthony taught me a lot back in the day about how to bondo my car, which I just did again uh, about a year ago on our car. I had to take all the rust off and do it again. And thanks to your help, I was able to do that. Um, we, I remember the trip that we took out in the water, uh, out in his boat. We're looking up at the sky and he's like, Hey, there's a little dipper. I'm like, there's no such thing as a little dipper. <laughs> Just pulling my leg. No, 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 it's a little dipper. I'm like, come on. And apparently there's a little dipper. So Anthony taught me. Anyway, we had good times back in the day. And since then, though, you've done so much more than that. I mean, when I knew you, you were still tattooing on a cantaloupe. Now <laughs> you're you're traveling the world doing all kinds of crazy things. And I can't wait to talk to you more about these things, Anthony. Uh, I appreciate you being on our show tonight. But before we talk... I'm just going to say hi to Aurora and Mark, like we usually do at the beginning of a show, uh, because I don't know uh, if, if people are watching, you might not know, but we shot a couple episodes before our break, and now we're shooting after our break, and we're back together again. So we are just, this is our first episode back after our break, and it's been a while since I've seen Mark and Aurora. Um, I just broke my drumstick pencil. Oh. Oh. I've had this, my mother gave me this drumstick pencil. Anyway, funny things. Uh, looks like Mark's having computer problems. So, Aurora, why don't we ask you, what have you been up to? How have you been in this little break of ours? I've been doing good. Uh, pretty tired and exhausted because of the Christmas craziness, like not only at work, but at home. Um, I uh, had my siblings stay over a couple days before my birthday and then coincidentally found out both my dad and my mom were having COVID scares oh, uh, no. at the time. So I didn't get a chance to visit with them. Uh, thankfully, uh, they're all okay and everything's good. But it was uh, a little bit interesting this Christmas, a little bit stressful. But I had my siblings with me for like a little bit longer than expected. And uh, uh, right at the end of the year, I ended up picking up a new camera. What? What'd you get? Uh, I got the Z7. <laughs> uh it's the better better than employee pricing price. oh i don't know if right. you saw that no i didn't catch that one but even if i did i couldn't afford it so congratulations though that's awesome yeah yeah so that's, this that's is my sweet. first time taking it out on the podcast so that's is exciting. that what you're using right now i'm using it right now cool. um so exciting stuff very nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I sold my D810, and then I asked basically everybody in my life who was giving me a present for Christmas or birthday uh, to give me cash or Henry's gift cards, and I put it all towards getting this. Nice. So I only had to pay a little bit out of pocket with that crazy deal that we had with work. So. So yeah. Um, Again, for those of you who don't know, Aurora and I both work at Henry's Camera, and every once in a while, there's these little specials that we we get access to. That uh, apparently they had a Z7, and uh, yeah, sweet. Anthony yeah. is a photographer as well. Uh, what do you shoot with Anthony? Uh, lately, iPhoneography because it's just so <laughs> lazy. Uh, but I still have my Olympus pen. I take that around where I need to. I love that little thing. Uh, I got it before I went to Africa because I wanted something light. I had all those cannons and all those different things over the years. And uh, I knew what it was like for the Balkan. I was really trying to minimize everything. I even bought a monocular, so I didn't even have to bring binoculars. Uh, I tried to really keep my backpack and stuff light. So 
Uh, I love the Little Olympus pen, and I, provide, a lot of people I, can, went yeah, I can pretty much get on a lot of stuff with that because of the adapters. I can use yeah. a lot of old Olympus lenses and stuff, and I have a pretty good assortment of what I need. And Perfect. between Amazon stuff and Henry's and stuff like that where I can grab things. I find uh, it's a, that's actually where I bought it from was from a Henry store. Oh, right. Barry, I got it from. Yeah, those little Olympus cameras. A lot of people that right. travel a lot. It was swear just, by it. Them. It was what I needed. You know, adjustable screen. I could lift it up, take shots from up high and over, and again, just quick little SLR lens adapter, and it was nice. I liked it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Mark, thanks Jake. for coming back. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I, I, I touched a cable, and yeah, <laughs> that's all it takes. Yeah. So, well, well, we heard had, what Aurora's been up to. What about you, man? Yeah, well, I, as you see, I've been having some computer issues. I had the whole thing torn apart three days ago. I <laughs> uh, tore it all apart, put it all back together, cleaned everything, reseated everything, and uh, I didn't route my mic cable properly, so I didn't have enough cable. So I pulled on it, and then I look over, and I'm like frozen on the screen. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that. that's a great look. Um, but other than that, no, just <laughs> been uh, having fun, uh, working on guitars and, and was out for a little photo walk yesterday. It was nice and nice and balmy. I think it was minus twenty eight with the wind chill. Oh yeah, uh, here here in Thunder Bay today it was minus thirty eight. So all I did was went to the music store for parts. Um, but uh, yeah, other, other than that, uh, it's been been pretty good. It's been uh, been really nice, beautiful and sunny up here today, but pretty chilly with the wind chill. So. Interesting yeah. weather day today. Definitely windy. I went for a drive around the lake today, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I didn't see any wildlife unfortunately today but you know that's that's the beauty of going out looking for stuff is sometimes you don't see it that's okay yeah, exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. anthony man sorry were you gonna say something mark nope okay i was just gonna say anthony you all of the things that i love to do um wildlife photography music drumming you do these things um i can't yeah. tattoo for shit but that's okay <laughs> i can't draw uh, that's that's your bag <laughs> but that's awesome let's talk about some of that stuff um the whole point of our show is to talk to people who have managed to take their passions, their love for creativity and turn it into what they do every day. Cool. You, you do that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't work a day in my life, man. Yeah. I remember when the pandemic first hit and you were shut down because you couldn't go to your shop and you couldn't work. You started doing paintings and selling yes. your paintings. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Like how, was that something that you had done before? Is this a fallback for you or uh. were you just like, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to see if these things can sell. And they sold. So yeah. tell us uh, about that's that. That's it. So um, painting. Painting has always been a passion. I used to paint uh, presents for my grandparents and my parents and paint little Christmas cards and stuff ever since I was a kid. Um, even back in the day doing car audio, I mean, we were painting inside boxes and different textures and, you know, things like that. Uh, it has always been a passion and it's something that's always been fed also with all these other things you know the more i take photography the better this it's all about that eye yeah so painting for me is not so much of a fallback but it's my true meditation it's the one thing i can do i mean in tattooing i get into it a little bit but i find i have to deal with you know people and talking with painting dealing with that canvas it doesn't you know need to take breaks or anything like that right. i can really gap out i can escape and I can get into a place where I don't need to eat or sleep or anything. And, and I can do it for hours and hours. Just and right the sun will it. come up and I'll be like, oh, and, and it seems like 20 minutes. And so, and I don't feel tired. And it, you know what I mean? I just had this like Zen because my body was relaxed. It basically had rest and I can just sit there in this meditative, like just pluck away. And um, so it's always been there for me. I've painted all over the world. Sometimes I've painted for gifts and murals and different things for kids' walls and, you know, different stuff like that and random cars or motorcycle helmets or you name it. Um, it's always been there. Um, it's a gift I can give as well as what I can give a gift for myself, actually. Yeah. Um, I love painting. Painting and now a tattoo. And it, again, one thing feeds another. Well, it's pretty much the same thing, just on a different medium. So I get to really use a lot of stuff, I mean, uh, from one thing to another. I mean, I can't even tell you how the whole package works, but it it's, yeah, it's never ending with art, like music. I mean, it's not like you can learn every song. Well, it's not like I can draw every style or I can do everything, but the challenge is always there to want to try and to want to push yourself to do it. I mean, and then the pride of once you've done it. So... I have uh, been at the point where I can pretty much draw anything I need to draw from, you know what I mean, life and stuff like that, because I can see through a lens. 
Um, and then when it comes to painting it, whether I work from a stencil or not, I still see through a lens and I can take that still frame in my head and months later paint it or, you know, kind of thing. Usually I paint in my mind. So a lot of my traveling paintings were usually done within a few weeks or whatever of where I was so that I still have it fresh in my mind. So I can almost smell the plants I'm painting and the painting, you know what I mean? I find I'm more attached to it that way. Um, but yeah, painting's always been the same way I'm attached to artwork when I see other people's artwork. So, uh, do you, yeah, uh, do you sometimes, uh, because you're also a photographer, do you sometimes take pictures as reference or do you always oh. paint out of your mind? No, it's all reference, bro. It is yeah. all reference. Yeah. Um, I, this is where it never ends. The curse of the artist is always there. This revolving I'm going to use this. I'm going to stare at that. I'm looking at you and I'm looking at the light and shadow that's reflecting behind this and how I can use that one day in tomorrow's piece. Or It's a nonstop, a little bit of filling reference. And yes, everything is taking a picture, whether it be from in my brain. When I don't have my camera ready today, I was like a foot and a half from a chickadee and I just couldn't get my hands on, you know, anything. Uh, but it's there. Everything is always stored for another time. A lot of times I'm walking around my garden. I know I'm going to sell that as a tattoo, as a painting, or I just want a picture of it because I might just want to blow it up on my wall because I want a picture of a flower, um, something that I grew and something like that. So yeah. I pulled up uh, some of your artwork, some of your paintings here. Cool. I noticed you print, you paint on a lot of natural materials. Is that yeah, something that... I yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, love okay. repurposing. I'm, again, so I drive old vehicles. I love recycling, keeping things alive, stuff like that. So a lot of stuff I have around and I go, you know, that needs to be this. And with this one, this was a tree that was on my property for a couple of years that I dried out and, and I had sliced up and I'd stared at forever. And sometimes things just call to me. I'll look at something and go, I'm going to paint that on that. or I'm, And that's where this little bit of a quirky art in me is just like I start hoarding little things like I got like you can see by my trinket crap behind me I'm gonna make this out of this and I'm gonna do that out of that so this constant repurposing kind of thing uh, is always there yeah. making your screen a little bigger so people can see all your trinkets around you <laughs> yeah it's endless man. it's endless well I mean that's one thing that uh, I think a lot of tattoo artists when they get into tattooing I would imagine they find that it doesn't take long before they realize that they have to kind of go to one specific thing. They can't really draw everything. I mean, you can't draw everything like new age versus, um, you know, new school, whatever, you know, the, the big bold <laughs> cartoony looking things versus the more natural looking natural uh, nature things. Do you find like you can do just about a little bit of everything? Well, okay. This is where we're dealing with the generation thing. So, when I started tattooing um, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, it, even that was, I'd say, a modified, you know what I mean, training, the apprenticeship. You know what I mean? I, I think it was maybe two years or something like that where it worked out two in total from drawing and going in and putting in that time. And, and I mean, in... You go to Japan, take you 10 years. Nowadays, people are doing it in a couple months, mm -hmm. you know. So the speed of things. And I find people are doing only one style, only this, only that. I was taught in a shop to be prepared to do anything. What walks in the door, I should be ready for. I shouldn't say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't draw that. I mean, if I'm an artist, I should be able to draw anything, right? I understand everyone can have a style, but... Can I not draw circles and squares? I should be able to basically draw anything for you. I'll give me some time. Maybe I can come back tomorrow and I'll draw it for you. But, you know, nowadays you'll get people like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't draw that. Uh, I, you can only have these ones on my wall or, yeah, there's a shop down the street if you want to go. Like, because they just can't. They won't push themselves. It's not that. Where myself, I worked for shops that were like, you know, do it. We want you to do it. Push yourself to do it. You get a client that'll trust you to do it if you're scared to do this or do that. So that's what I did. I had a lot of great friends that lined up and said, hey, do this on me. Do that on me. And I got to cover up a lot of stuff, which made me specialize in it now. But it, uh, it pushes, pushes, pushes. Do you think shows like Ink Master have kind of created that specialization 
because you get these guys on there that are known for this and are known for that. And then you know, there's nothing wrong with having a specialty. Nothing wrong. I mean, I'd say I specialize in some realism that way. You know, portrait realism. That it seems to be animals because it's what I love in nature, and you know what I mean, not earth kind of thing. But nowadays specializing one thing there is and i think it does allow them to do that which there's nothing wrong with that there's enough people to go around you can definitely specialize it there's shops that only have black printers and don't even have color in it because they don't do color tattoos you gotta go somewhere else for that you know like you can do that now you can be that selective you know and i just find this a lot of people are skipping steps and i, I don't know it's not fair People come in what they want to get. It's not my job to tell them they can't have right. it or, you know what I mean? I can tell them what it'll look good or how it'll look, how it'll age, how it'll sit, uh, you know, what size I think it should be, recommend certain things. But it's not my job to tell you what you should have and how you should have it. You but know, in a, in a certain way of, you know, obviously there's, there is leniency there. Oh, my kids, this on my face, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> You know, uh, there's always some rules there, but, um, yeah. But with social media, you can reach out to the people and show them what you do. So you get more people who want you. So you can specialize if you want to specialize, you can just draw this and right. say, Hey, I have this available. I have 10 of these and you can just do that. And that'll be like three months of work for you. And then next three months, there's enough to go around that you can specialize in that. So is it right or wrong to not be able to draw anything? I don't know. As an artist, I just always want to push myself and draw everything. And if I always had a client come yeah. in and ask me for something and I didn't know how to do it, I immediately would go home that night and practice it because I never wanted to be stumped. If I was ever playing Pictionary or I was ever doing something and I didn't know how to draw that, what distinguishes that between this? And that's when, as an artist, you start to develop later on in life the little things that oh, it's this, and this has this many claws, and this is two bends, and this knuckles. You start to work at skeletal structures instead of just drawing faces. You draw the bone, and then draw... There's other rules that you start implying because there's steps, and you skip steps in the start because, like a musician, like a drummer, right? You just start filling in everywhere because you're excited, and you know, but there's rules. you got to stick with the time. you got to stick so with drawing. I teach it all the time. Yeah, I, Absolutely. I think you have to learn the steps. I think you should go back and learn everything from the start. Take your time. Be the best artist you can be. I know some apprentices that are so unbelievable at painting and drawing and different stuff, and they're nervous to tattoo, and you know what I mean? And it's like, they will be great, you know? And then there's the other ones that have never touched a brush in their life, and they're already tattooed, and, and they don't know how to paint. They don't, and I find they're missing, they're missing that extra, you know? And you can sometimes see it in their art. I think the uh, the tattoo industry as a whole has, has evolved over the last 30-odd years. I mean... I, I got my first tattoo at 18. Uh, it was one of those biker shops down on, uh, I think it was Queen Street or King Street in Toronto. Uh, probably, you might have even heard of it, it was Beachcombers. I know Beachcombers, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Beachcombers, yeah. And, uh, and they, were, they were tattooists. They weren't tattoo artists. Like, you went in, you picked flash off the wall, and they, they put it on. Uh, it was like the, the old Sailor Jerry style right big thick black outline solid color wall to wall blasted in there and and that was it and and it, it weathered quite well and that particular tattoo has been gone over twice since then um he's got he's on his third hat now it's yosemite sam <laughs> so but uh but yeah I, i've seen it and especially shows like ink master and you talked about specializing in in realism and i think that's really where it is now where people they look at those realism tattoos and they and they can't believe that oh my god that's a tattoo it looks like a photograph and uh, that's that's what i really really like i think it's really great that the the medium has come to that um i've got i've got quite a few tattoos myself so uh i'm uh, and for your reference i am a very good canvas half the time i fall asleep uh, so I, I i never take breaks i just you know it's worse when you take a break so just keep going <laughs> Um, I have a question. When you, uh, before you got into tattooing, you were an artist, you draw, you, you painted and you did all these things. Do you find that um, your paints, your painting style or your drawing style had to change to tattoo? 100%. Because obviously, it's like I you said, you get the fads and the styles. Yes. So the techniques that you have with, with how you paint and is, isn't the same as if you were putting it on skin. It's a completely different technique. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, there's little bits, obviously, because it's it's a brush technique, you know what I mean, or a drawing technique with a pen and ink. 
Um, but no, each and everything you hold it different. You, a, a, everything is different that way from putting on gloves to wrapping stuff up and yeah, working with slippery Vaseline's holding on to things. Like everything oh. changes in tattooing, uh, but your whole grip changes. A lot of artists end up with tendonitis and different problems in their backs and shoulders and from the grips. I got problems in my abs. I'm always leaning forward and I, mm. I find I'll lean forward off to one side because my foot pedal's on my uh, one side. So. Uh, I always have a problem. Like I'm stiff there. I'm generally I'm pretty good and do yoga, stay in shape. But I got stiff in the front from this lean that I've got going on. So I mean, uh, but I'm pretty good wrist wise because I mix it up with a lot of other things that I do. I find the best thing I could do at the end of the day is go home, play a little bit of guitar, or something, just loosen things up, do something that I'm not doing as a repetitive motion. Um, but in tattooing in general, this is the hand that stretches the skin. Well, I'm a lefty. Um, so the one that stretches the skin is actually doing a lot more work. So like a massage therapist, this one's going to get arthritis and this one's going to work more. This one just holds the machine. It's kind of pivoting off like its own little device on your arm and moves and draws like all stiff. You're not really doing too much whippy stuff with it. Right. You know what I mean that way. And nowadays with the machines, because um, the millennial wrists, you have all these lightweight, like two ounce little rotary machines. We used to use like half pound iron hang machines. On, hang on, hang on. A millennial wrist? What do you mean by this? Uh, you know, um, I got, I got, I got to go here. Labor. Let's just say less <laughs> manual labor. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, I totally get you. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got what he meant as soon as he said it. I was like, okay. "Ooh!" Yeah. I did too. I just wanted to go back to it and, and yeah, pull that out a little I mean, bit more. it's it's just the kind of thing. Like, hey, I, I love them. I'm there to support them, but I just find again the easy way around stuff. It's uh, yeah, that's I don't know. Aurora, when you got your tattoos, how did you find your tattoo artist? How did I find my tattoo? No, Aurora. Um, she, I she mean, has, of course, hey, back in the day, it was... Wait, wait, Aurora, Aurora. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Aurora. Um, yeah, she was lovely. Um, I only have the one tattoo. It's my first what tattoo, a, and I definitely... Size. Yeah, yeah, it's it's six inches uh, long, and then, I don't know, like, probably four wide. Um, and... Uh, <coughs> I got, I, I chose her for two reasons. One, she had tattooed my friend and she had a good experience with her. And then two, because I liked her art style. Because um, I find, we were talking about this earlier, that like uh, a lot of tattoo artists fit into the specific niche. They have, a, not not all of them, but a lot of them have like a specific style to their art right? And the art that they prefer and the art that they do. My tattoo was completely custom. It wasn't like a, what's it called? Uh, uh, a template like or... template from their books. It, it was something completely custom that I wanted. Um, and she does a lot of custom tattoos, but I chose her because she does like line work flowers and, and stuff like that, um, as well as like animals, um, more specifically so and that's exactly what i wanted in my tattoo so uh she was awesome the power went out halfway through my tattoo oh. um, because of a terrible storm and i waited for an hour for her to go up again because we we're supposed to get it done all in one sitting and she was awesome she came in the next day on her day off to finish the tattoo for me so it was a really great experience um and i feel like it, going forward when i pick tattoo artists i'm gonna pick in a similar kind of mindset like think about the concept that i want and seek out an artist that i like based on that uh concept or whatever it may be and then work with them to design it because that's another thing that i did with her I, you know i told her what i wanted in it and and then she worked on it for however long um and yeah it was really cool to see it all come together like that do you find that's the the main of what you do, Anthony? You have people come to you and you guys work out a design or do you do the, the pre-designed templates and stuff like that a lot too? Um, I like to do everything on the spot. A lot of people change their minds so much and uh, a lot of people have an idea of what they want. It's pretty easy for me to get it out of their head uh, with the experience. Um, so I love it when people bring ideas to me though. I don't, I'm not there to sell the tattoo on them. They came in for a reason. They have this vision in their head. I love creating that with them because together is when we get something really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah, fun. Look at some of the work you've done here. 
Yeah. I don't know if you've got this one up here, if you can see. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so realism, I think, is is what I kind of read into what you do. Uh, whether yeah, a little, maybe a, or... a little neo-realism. It's not quite full because I find a lot of stuff doesn't have the staying value. I mean, I'd love stuff if it would stay hyper-realism, but the size you'd have to go in the way skin ages, eh, it doesn't work as well. So I find I'll still add a bold line on things and kind of make things last. I, I make things last for a lifetime. Um, so I'll add a little bit more black, a little bit more contrast to stuff for a reason. What is your favorite thing to do? Uh, you know, it's really how it affects the person itself is what I love to do. Um, together we can create something cool. So sometimes it's the journey they're taking or something like that. So when it comes to a style or anything like that, it would be hard to narrow down. Um, you know, I just, like I said, I told you before, I, I feel like I don't work a day in my life. I love to tattoo and I just like to tattoo. And whenever I do, I try to do the best job I can do. Um, that's my job to do that. And then as an artist, I try to better myself every day and give somebody something different. And, you know, everyone always has, oh, I have this idea. Can I have this? And I said, well, you can't have that, but I can change it to make it this. And about, I'd say at this point, about 90% of my work is all done by freehand, which I pretty much just grab a marker and I fit and flow everything to somebody's body, draw it on. Because I have the trust. I have my clientele now that you just say, go. Um, so with that, um, I'm more... Yeah, getting everything to fit and flow on the body is so important to me. So not so much what it is on how it sits and how it affects the person. That's what I like and how much they love it. I mean, that's yeah. what I love when they're proud of it and they're showing it off. I mean, it can be anything, a picture of their cat or their kid or, you know, it doesn't matter as long as they have that joy from it. And that's what I get to give them, which is amazing. So I know what that's like. I'm selling cameras and helping people with their photography. You get to massage their way into their perfect image into that passion and into yeah. that something that could lead to anything and that's the thing i can i change social you know like sometimes these depressed people into social butterflies just from that joy that inner something that comes out or that transitional point in life where they're saying nope this is me now you know and some cultures will black out their belly button just for that separation of like i am out of the womb you know like mm. it's uh yeah it's amazing interesting so what Black out their belly button? What? Yeah, there, in some cultures, uh, it's a separation thing, blacking it out. It's uh, cutting of the umbilical cord. You know what I mean? Uh, hmm. So blacking it out at different tribal forms. Uh, play. Interesting. Yeah. Um, There's was... a lot of stuff that way. Uh, it gets deep. Every culture is different with markings and where it sits and how it goes. So by traveling the world and seeing all the different places you've been, you probably learned mm -hmm. the, the different cultures and the relevance behind a lot of the things that we may see tattoos all the time and not know why this happens or not know why this happens, but yeah. because you've been around and you've seen all these different places, you have a different insight into that. Uh, where do you think you've traveled that you've learned the most about photography or not photography, uh, tattooing about Sorry. tattooing? You know, it's been fun in, Oh, tattooing. I'd have to say the States. I have to say America because they've been, they've been around for the longest time. You know what I mean? Since all the wartime stuff, there's always been European amazing artists, but Americana tattooing and stuff has always been, I mean, that's where the flash tattoos and stuff come in. It's always been and always will be a traditional thing down there. The shops that I work at have always changed my life. Every time I've gone down there, I always learn something. I meet somebody near. They just have always been on top of their game. When I used to travel, when I first started traveling to Australia, they barely had any artists and they barely had a magazine and they would only get American magazines over there. They didn't even have Australian tattoo magazines, just some little small time ones. And that has been amazing watching that and those artists and that whole country just blow up over the past like two, de two decades. It's been amazing. But the state still like pushes limits where the Europe will, will always be on top of things. You have the art and everything there, you know what I mean? For a reason. But as far as the tattoo scene and like the hype and stuff like that, going down, always learning something. Yeah, the states every time from uh, all or nothing down in Georgia <clears throat> to Big Brain and Omaha. Uh, it's endless. They're such great places down there. Cool. Um, I was reading your bio on your website 
you have a quote there. It says, my endless drive and will to progressively learn every day sometimes keeps me from living an everyday normal life with friends and family. I dedicate all my time, focus, and energy on my art. Often sleeping and eating are hard-pressed for time. I will, I will never be good enough for my own critique, but thanks to hard work, I only get better every day. Um, I will never get good enough for my own critique. That, that really kind of struck me. Um, this is something a lot of creatives uh, deal with all the time. I think uh, if our end result doesn't look exactly like what we saw in our mind's eye, then we're never happy with the results we get, whether it's making a photo or as an artist, if you're trying to draw something and your brain is telling you what that should look like. And if you can just not get it out, uh, it's so that's why everybody is their own worst critic, you know, cause we see what we want, but nobody else sees that unless we can put it down on the art that we show. Um, I, do you feel that you're still in that area where you're constantly struggling to get that art the way you like it? Or are you so comfortable with what you're doing that, you, you're confident you'll get the art exactly as you like it, but you're just not quite happy with something. Because, I mean, that, that quote right there tells me that you're yeah. just never really happy with it yet. Yeah. You know what? And that being said, I love tattoos. I think it's amazing. But it can never be what a painting could be. It can never be. It won't ever age. It won't ever do this. I mean, I've had clients that have passed away. I never got to finish the piece. There's always, a, mm. you know what I mean, a, a human error there. Um, that comes into play. They don't sit as long. They don't show back out. They don't do this. You're getting into it. They want to take breaks. There's something about tattooing. And then when it's done, you step back and go, oh, like, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? But it's like, and then you see them like six years later, it's like, oh, we got to touch up the face and uh, the red kind of fell out. And it, and it's like, man, that was my favorite piece. And on a painting, that would still look the same. So sometimes I still look at it and go, oh, I should have, could have, would have with anything and everything mm -hmm. with with paintings or tattoos. Yes, I don't think that's ever gonna go away. I, the creative person in me was always gonna push myself. And I'll always see something and go, oh, I should have, maybe I should fade that to a more yellow next time, or I should try outlining that in a different color, or, you know what I mean? Because I love a lot of other artist styles, but when I get into that meditative art mode, my style just comes out. So I'll plan in for something sometimes, but it just, yeah, great art gold because always comes out. I'm always proud of what I do. Each piece is a business card. That it's a reflection upon myself. I, I am proud of every piece I do. But uh, is there levels of it? Sure. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? For you know, oh, would I have done this different? I love every piece. Sometimes I wish I had them. You know, that's where I get bummed. But yeah. do you write music? I know you play, but do you write music too? Uh, as far as not writing down on paper, but I can just sit around and play chords for hours and days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, sometimes there's this, uh, transition over when you said you, sometimes you don't like it. It made me think of scatterbrains, how, um, the band scatterbrains we had on our show a few times and their, uh, their music is now our entrance music for season two. Thank oh, you, Mark, for letting me do that. And <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, but uh, I was listening to the to their album, and they all the songs on the album are great. But then they had these two songs that stood out to me that were just like, "Oh, these are awesome!" And just like they said, they love those songs too. But they were written literally just before they recorded. They had all these other songs, and at the last minute, the the lead guy wrote these two extra songs, and they ended up being their favorite songs uh, on the whole album. So yeah, he, they love every song, but at the same time, there's these specialty things that happen every once in a while, this magic that happens. So yeah, yeah I totally get that. So that, that being said, like with painting, you get happy brushstrokes, you get this looseness that can just happen, the magic of that. With tattooing, it's a lot more precise. Everything's way more planned out and it looks the best it is that day. And from that day on, it gets worse. Hmm. And it depends on how the person takes care of it and what they do, if they're taking care of their skin, their body, their health in general. Some people just go to the bar that night and go to a hot tub and you know what I mean? So it's like putting a cigarette butt on one of my paintings. You're basically, <sighs> you know, but it's your own body. You're just, it's your piece. You don't have to look at it. All you have to do is take a couple of days care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's tricky. <laughs> Mark, yeah. you look like you wanted to say something. I, I was just, I was just thinking, you know, because I've, I've got lots of tattoos. So it's, it's interesting. You sort of get good at the aftercare piece and, um, you know, it, it, depending on the artist, I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing now. It's been several years since I've been tattooed. I've got the itch. So, 
Um, I, by my calculations, about 13 hours for me to get to Pentatang Machine. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I might show up on your doorstep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when, when I was getting mine, it was always, okay, just, you know, keep it clean. You know, I uh, leave the bandage on for a certain amount of time. And then when it comes off, unscented uh, mild soap. And then, and then we were using unscented Lubriderm. And that was what we were putting on it to keep it moist. And, and that was it. Uh, and, and away it went. But then I think the last tattoo I got, they had this, it was like a tattoo balm. And, the, and they, oh, you know, here, try this. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And first, yeah, I see you step it back. First time it ever happened, it was the last tattoo I got. And I've got like, I'm going to say conservatively 400 hours under a needle. Um, and I, it got infected. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I, I, I cleaned it. And, and of course... Then I had to put, you know, now I'm doing the worst thing and I'm putting polysporin on it. I'm like, oh, I got to get the infection out. As soon as the infection was out, back to Lubriderm. And the rest of that tattoo is great. It's just that one spot where the infection was is that the, the ink is gone. Um, but, you know, I'm the only one that sees it because I got to have my pants off to have anybody else see it. So, <laughs> But, uh, no, it's uh, do, you, do you find that's um, – do you ever get clients that come back? And say, oh well, you know, the color all washed out of it, and then you start asking them questions, and you find out they were in the hot tub in Vegas. With, uh, I'll stop it there. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, uh, I've been doing it long enough now. I mean, uh, as a dermal technician, I know everything there is to know about a lot of skin layers and a lot of stuff that way. Um, so I know about healing, and I know what people do and don't do in habits. I've been doing this twenty years now. Uh, and all around the world. So I've seen every salty sand and dirty, frozen, everything you can imagine. So I can narrow it down to a couple of questions of what they did. And, what, and where I have my aftercare, if you didn't follow that, then yes, there's yeah. something you did wrong. Because uh, yeah. there's you know a general rule of thumb, like you were saying, you keep this clean, you keep that clean. You talk to your artists, they do have their own methods and their own thing, but... Yeah. There's a rule of thumb. You keep your skin clean by generally washing it at least once a day, twice a day, yeah. and try not to rub stuff in it that maybe doesn't have sense to it and things like that. It's very common sense, uh, and that's what I do. I find I just rinse things with water, and I'll use a, a saran wrap method instead of any other kind of things that people got to go buy. Um, I find saran wrap's a very sterile thing that way, and there's not too many people that have a reaction to it. Um, it, and if so, I know exactly what it looks like and I'll tell them stop using it, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it's a one in a million thing. And at, all over the world, I've just a simple principle of rinsing and wrapping and over the first couple of days and then a couple of days of water and then an unscented lotion like you were using when you were saying and for a couple of days and you're done. I mean, your body knows what it's doing. There's no magic cream out there. Otherwise, they would give it to burn victims and people that really need it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So uh, it's fresh, clean. <clears throat> That's it. That's all you got to do. You stay out of bathtubs and you stick in the shower. You know what I mean? You don't go in chlorine pools and, you know, hot tubs and stuff. It's simple stuff. You, but yeah. you can pretty much wash it in a parking lot with a bottle of water, a little paper towel, saran wrap. There's not much to it. It's amazing yeah. how people can't do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, <I> bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, they always know better, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go. I'm going to slather it with, uh, you know, triple antibacterial polysporin, and not, not, thinking that the polysporin is going to do what it's meant to do and start yeah, to draw the infection out. Which, yeah. Any petroleums tend to keep your pores open, which will actually pull things out. It's meant to pull yeah. out infections. It'll pull out some of your color. It's going to make things lighter. And yeah, yeah you're going to need touch-ups more often. A lot of uh, colors are vegetable-based organic pigments, especially in the past few years. So they do fade out. They do drop out faster. Yeah. And you are going to need to have them touched up. Where black, will and grays tend to hold up longer because they have that staying power. You know what I mean? As far as the particle of pigment that it's made of. Um, but yeah, it's uh, touch-ups, healing, all that stuff. I That's why I stick with my regular clientele is I know exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. They know how to heal their stuff. That's why I like working on them. And they yeah. like yourself, how you have 400 hours. You find an artist you like, you trust. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yourself, um, Aurora, you, you find somebody that you just connect with that way. And I feel comfortable here and I want to do this. So, and that's, that's what it's all about that. And then with them, it, you know, if you, if you don't like their method, you could talk to them about it. You know, Hey, I was told to do this and I asked this and, and they'll tell you why. And you know, we all have our reasons, but 
Yeah, very cool. Now, is there any um, types of inks and things that you stay away from? Like, I know there's there's been in the um, in the past few years, there's been some pretty weird trends. Things like uh, black light ink and um, glow in the dark inks and stuff. Are there mediums like that that you'll stay away from while you're tattooing? Yeah, hundred percent. We we've kind of gone around the circle before in the tattoo industry where they brought out black light pigment and stuff back in even the early two thousands, late nineties when I first started out. And the problem with that is it had lead in it. Well, we all know lead paint and lead isn't good in our bodies, right? So uh, that's where I don't believe that's a good thing at all. I mean, like, again, I'm out in nature. I see what's going on, and I'm not going to put some glowing mushroom in my arm because I want it to glow in the bar or something like that. So the black light thing and this and that, white itself on certain people's skin when it's fresh will totally glow in black light. You know what I mean? Out in your skin. Depending on your skin tone, it's going to catch. But once it sinks under a certain dermal layer and you go get a tan, yeah, it's not going to be as bright white or mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm not too much into gimmicks. Uh, I, I'm an old school guy. I believe in things that uh, are tried and tested and true. And uh, I did not into too much. Yeah, let's put sparkle here and do that. And the amount of people that have asked me for metallic pigment, I have just, I just do they, you know, you can only do they have a metallic kind of pigment now or? Take to do that, like, yeah, 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 I, I spend, yeah. Do they have metallic pigment? Uh, no, it's just referred to as metallic, it'll just be oh, called, okay. you know, metallic silver right. or something, right. but okay. no. And if there was, like, that's what I mean, what it would take to make that, what you yeah. wouldn't want to put that in. And the problem yeah. is, is it's all a viscosity, um, that has to be dispersed into the skin. If it's too thick, if it's too thin, you know, there's a, a certain point that has to be penetrated with the needle. And you start adding things in on that, you're messing with all that science and viscosity stuff. So it's yeah. not going to flow right. right. And yeah, you're going to know right away. Yeah, that sounds fair. Um, and then I, I just have one last question now. Have you done any of the, um, like the Tattoo Expo circuit, uh, like uh, uh, Northern Ink Exposure or the Gatineau yeah. Tattoo? Yeah, uh, I pretty much made my way in that. Um, yeah. That is how I am the artist I am today. Uh, I started tattooing in uh, 2000, uh, and I worked my first convention within like a year and a half, I think. I mean, I was cocky. We have what's called tattitude, and basically you're just so full of it all. <laughs> you know, I know everything. And, uh, and I'm a rock star and I'm going to do this. So I started working conventions and being around the most amazing artists from all over the world. I started working Toronto Convention right away in Northern yes. Ink Exposure. I worked that for 10 years in a row um, under Lucky Devil. But they would allow me to go under my own name and they would cover the bill. We would split everything. It was a great, it was a great thing. We all kind of worked each other out there. I would sell my paintings there uh, and stuff like that, have prints available. Uh, it was awesome. It was a real nice merch. I had lots of t-shirts and stickers and okay. I, I loved it. I did conventions all over um, from here down to the States, over in Australia. They're the best way to meet somebody because it's a lottery sometimes of who you're going to be beside. And they have 200 artists at some of these conventions. And you can be besides somebody from Japan or, you know what I mean, like New Zealand, you don't even have any idea. And by the end of the weekend, they're your best friend. And they could be somebody that you admire and you looked up to as a godlike, you know what I mean, artist. And that makes it special. I love the conventions. Um, everything from being around everybody's best at that time. And they're also there in present so you can see their character you can see the personality you can see what kind of person you would be getting a tattooed by maybe they're a dick and you're like oh yeah. i always want to get a tattooed on but he's kind of like rude and i don't like the way he like is he's really mean and you know like just yeah. the way it's the it's a vibe right you get like a yeah. action with people so it was a great way to talk to somebody and see the portfolio and and um and, and show your stuff off i mean a lot of people are showing other art as well um but great chance to see a city I never got to see anywhere. Oh, I want to go down to Phoenix. I just want an excuse. I used to go see Phoenix. That's just what I brought it up. Um, it's like, oh, I hadn't been there. And I, it's always so hot. I'm just going to go down for tacos or something. And so I'm like, ah, oh, convention. Sweet. I'm going to go down there. And it was cool. great. I got to meet so many new people and hang out with, you know what I mean? It was just, and I'm inspired. By the end of the weekend, you've seen so much stimulus. You have so much in your brain from all of those portfolios and all of those people. And 
firsthand seeing tattoos done, like 200 artists working around you, 200,000 people rolling through in a weekend. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And the vibe and live bands and all these shows going on. It's, it's good. It feels fun to be a part of it as well. And, uh, and, and you feel comfortable after a while. It's not like you get really nervous. First couple of conventions, you're sweating, you know, you know, oh my God, somebody's watching me. You kind of hoard over every, your tattoo until it's halfway done. So you can kind of show it off. Um, but, uh, it, it's awesome to see everybody's everything from how they set up to how they tear, you know, and tear down, how they talk to the customers everything. It's great. Yeah. I love very, it. Very, cool. Conventions very cool. are beneficial to learning artists and people trying to make it in the industry. Excellent. Um, it kind of leads me to asking about the COVID world. I mean, I mean, you, you're you're going to these conventions, and this, the social aspect is so important. All of a sudden, COVID hits. Boom, done. Can't done. go there. Can't do anything. Stuck done. at home. Can't even go to work at Lucky Devil. Can't go anywhere. Um, mental health wise, I mean, this is a big part of our show is is how people can deal with the mental health side of what they do. Um, how, how much of a struggle was it for you to, uh, I guess, pull yourself up and just, you know, find something to do and, and ride out the storm? Uh, I always tell my friends, you know, last time I was bored, it was a Thursday, 1986. Oh, I have so much to do. I have so many hobbies. One thing that's great about having ADD, I have taken so much on my plate. It was actually time to go, oh, my God, I can do this. I don't have to answer emails. I don't have to disappoint this person i can't get them in this friday or you know uh because i will burn out that way trying to get to people so i immediately was was like okay do i have this do i have that well all my vehicles are paid for i don't have overhead because i recycle and do all these kind of things like I say with my vehicles different stuff um so i've saved a dollar here saved a dollar there where i was like okay i can get by doing this and then my clients stepped up right away and said you know i'm booked for the next few months can i give you some rent money or can i help you get through your time like can i pay you some deposits do you want me to because i'm gonna get tattoos as soon as you open i want to be the first person can i give you like your rent so that i might because they know their tattoos were triple the awesome. price of my rent or something like that and they're like can i can i help out in any way and then when i started painting random things they were just yes i'll take it i'll take it and the support and the feeling of making it as an artist in where the world essentially was crashing and here yeah. i am like people are buying art what the hell i was yeah. like the most useless thing they're buying i wish i was making more practical things you know and uh, something that somebody could use uh, purposeful it was but it was awesome because they were there and a lot of them were still working. They were frontline workers of this and that, which are half of my client, you know what I mean? And so they were supportive. Oh, I still got a paycheck coming in. I'm still getting this. I'm, so let me help you. And, and it was great. I didn't actually stress about any of that. I don't have cable TV. I don't, I live in an ignorant bliss of, I've never seen a single commercial of COVID. I've never, not once, like watched a single news report. Nothing. I, I've never. I oh. like up YouTube things when the changeovers, when there would be a lockdown. I just click on YouTube, watch Doug Ford talk about something, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> and that's yeah. you know, and like so. Well, good for you. Yeah, know what I you need to know. It's, it's a negative, and I never watch the news anyways. I like to surround myself in positives. It's yeah. something that I've always instilled in my life that way. Same deal. Just, you know, everything, yeah. that magnetism that way. Uh, so Perfect. I like to be in that bubble of like, oh, I didn't know that was happening a little bit. And I find it's been great, to be honest. Like, <laughs> uh, I love, love it because my clients don't want to talk about it when they come in. So we get to just, it's normal. It's, it feels like life's normal, really. You know? nice. yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. As it should be. As it should be. Yeah. yeah. That's the nice thing about how your um, your... Uh, your income potential is based on your imagination. Mm. You know, when it's it's amazing when you can get to a point in life where your income potential is solely based on the way you can think it and the way you can get it done. Um, you're not relying on everybody else to to pay your bills. So that's that's fantastic. Um, I, I have one last question about tattooing, and then we got to get to the questions, the three questions that we have for you, and cool. start closing right. it up. Um, the, the question I have is psoriasis, skin yeah. issues. I have psoriasis. I remember, and yeah, so I remember yeah, dry spots here and there. Yeah. I've always wanted to be tattooed by you, uh, and I haven't for two reasons. One, 
as you know, Shelly said she'd leave me if I ever got a tattoo. But if I got one, it would have to be from you because Shelly yeah. loves you. So that would be great. Um, speaking of Shelly, hey, here she is. <laughs> it's true though, right? Hi, Shelly. <laughs> He's saying hi. He's my doll. He's your doll, yeah. <laughs> Wait, but what about me? I yeah, thought Mark's like, doll. what about me? Holy <laughs> now, now my feeling is hurt. a different kind of one of my doll. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> but I've always wanted to get a tattoo, and I know the tattoo. I've always known the tattoo I want. Uh, I, I have exactly the vision in my head, and I can sit down with you. We can draw it out and that whole thing. But I've always been worried that if I did get it, the psoriasis, the skin would reject it. I'd have issues. Um, so for all of the other people that may be watching, all of the you know 50 people that have watched this, uh, <laughs> um, what would you say to those of them who have psoriasis? They, should they get a tattoo? Has this been a problem for you in the past? Um, okay, the skin itself is a, is a healing layer. The tattoo itself is under that layer. Um, so usually it's getting that area to heal. And you might wrap it up with saran wrap for a day or two or here and that like almost doing a healing method you might start applying more lotions that week before and getting that skin soft i can work around an area and stuff like that if it's too flaky and you've had to a do lot that of times the healing of the rehealing hmm. of skin actually really helps it's almost like doing a laser peel or anything like that but um, I can't really go over, obviously, any kind of broken skin or anything like that, mm -hmm. but it's never a problem after the tattoo's there and then there's a psoriasis over top. You don't usually, the difference in like elbows and knees and stuff, which you don't usually tattoo anyways because it falls off of those layers, which it's a deeper psoriasis on those layers. And where um, I would get so it. So I'll have a bit on my elbows and stuff like that, but I don't have any and nothing ever comes out. It's never that deep. It's never mm. going to go to that layer to take it out. And that's where, unless it's really that bleeding sore, which you wouldn't tattoo into that. And But you'd be surprised what's still there. I've seen some pretty bad road rash and different stuff on on people where it was amazing the tattoo was still there. I couldn't even believe it. Like, they just complete flesh gone off their arm, and somehow when the tattoo, when skin healed again, and without a graft, but, like, healed again, the tattoo was still there. I had to touch it up, but it was like, how? Like, so it's amazing that layer that it sits under. So as far as the psoriasis goes, it's on a layer where it's not going to affect long-term tattoos that are under it. Um, but you do need to get that area to heal. So just a little bit more moisturizer that week or like I say, trying almost the same way I heal tattoos where I'll wrap it up a couple hours at a time with saran wrap on and off, on and off, on and off, just to kind of keep a bit of moistness on there. Um, and I find that helps. I think Brian might be frozen. Yeah, I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, he was being very still. <laughs> being very, very still. I'm like, he's not even blinking. <laughs> well, like, That's good. All right, um, so Brian, Brian is left. So Aurora, you had a question? Yeah, I have a, a couple things that kind of came up in conversation. I'm really curious as to, like, you talked about your passion for art and anything creative, um, as well as like tattooing in general, but like. What can you pinpoint the moment that you kind of fell in love with tattooing and like you, uh, I guess, decided that this is what you want to do for a career? You mean like, when yeah, it's like this is it? Well, I guess, I guess both. Um, and tattoos in general, when I knew I wanted a tattoo, a friend of mine had one and. It was the kind of thing where it was, I had to touch it to see if it was real. And, and it was like, oh, that's possible. That was the drive for myself to have to get a tattoo. But when I started tattooing, that feeling of when I was like, this is it, this is it's meant to be, it was definitely a couple of years in. I actually, um, uh, Brian remembers me before, I went and ended up going through alopecia, universalis, the stress on my body of changing my life from uh, working with my hands and being basically a factory worker and that blue collar tradesman to going into an art industry and trying to survive off that. I had to bartend, I was doing different stuff on the side at the beginning because apprenticing, you don't make any money. Um, but that stress was real. I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do. I was nervous, I was scared. Uh, you know what I mean? But I started to go to these conventions and I started to surround myself with people I like myself. And I realized, you know what, this is right. And I think it was, um, I'm trying to think, I guess it was the 
first time I got to travel outside of Ontario, like say, Brian, it's hard to travel in life and get caught in life and stuff. And it's hard to really go away someplace. Tattooing allowed me to go somewhere for as long as I wanted to go because I could make income. I could work somewhere. And so while I was younger, I used up every working visa I could in all the countries I could get them um, because I had that opportunity. Uh, and so I really knew it, I think, when I made it overseas, when I was very first went to Australia with this job. And it was like six years, I think, in the tattooing. And I started doing international guest spots and I was like, I think I really made it. You know what I mean? Cause I, somebody picked me up from the airport, my friend uh, Carlos there and uh, Tattoo Junction in Noosa, Australia, a beautiful area up north where everyone in Australia goes to vacation. Like it's just gorgeous. Picked me up, gave me a car, gave me a surfboard, gave me a place to stay, get, you know? And I was like, I, I did it. Like I, I, I did the hard work. I put it working all those conventions putting in that time and now I'm here I'm gonna work Australian conventions I'm gonna work my ass off over here I'm gonna represent and I really felt comfortable in what I was doing and that would have been about six years into it so for the first five years I think I was working conventions building the confidence still nervous not sure you know I knew I was into it for the long haul like I knew it was a bit of a calm um, but as far as like the comfort and like getting it and getting it down, it was, yeah, I think doing the international guest spot, leaving Canada, going to another country to do what I was specialized in. And somebody wanted me there for that. And they wanted me there, not, not knowing who I was, not just meeting me. It was on my space at the time I got offered the job. Wow. And, uh, and I, that's it. I hopped on a plane and went, I filled out my online visa and I spent the year there and <laughs> life changed after that. But yeah, it, it took some. It took a little bit of time. I was really nervous at first. It was always an artist calling to do something with my hands, but I didn't think I would be a tattoo artist. You know, I figured hairdresser, massage, there was something. I there would be a bit there, but I always went back to the factories. I would always go for that easy dog, get some benefits, get everything going. Now I got no pension, no benefits. I got I got nothing. I got to work everything. I got a double time. I got a side hustle. I got a million things on the go. I'm always learning, always pushing myself. I. During COVID, I actually picked up welding and different stuff. So I'm always learning new stuff but, and getting new passions. Um, but tattooing came, became a passion pretty fast um, uh, as far as the love of art and like helping people that way and putting my art on them. But I didn't appreciate what I was doing for a while. I was really nervous that I wasn't good enough uh, to be tattooing yet. Uh, I felt like, and, and, and now seeing I, I wasn't. You know, because I've covered up pretty much everything I did. <laughs> I still tattoo those clients, and I uh, they've come in for a touch-up, and I said, no, 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 we're going to cover that completely up. Oh, wow. Uh, because I'm not much better now, and I, it's never going to be what it could have been if I tried to rework it. So I'm just like, yeah, new tattoo, let's do it. And I specialize in that, so. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny. We had a, another guest on, Norm Nakamura, and he says his um, – his tool of the trade, which we're going to ask you in a second what your tool of the trade is, his tool of the trade where his gift was his ADD and his ability to, you know, sit there and, and do all these things at once and be having all these ideas and just go off and do a tangent and focus, ultra focus on that and work it all out. And um, I think that's your superpower as well, you know, yeah. being, able, being able to do all these different things and love it, you know, not, not feel overwhelmed by it. And no. uh, I think that's a real super talent. So hundred cool. percent. I definitely feel everything that you said there. It's something that it's all of the combination, the fit, the flow, how it is, how it suits them, the combination that I'm already looking at this, how it's going to age, all of those things in combination make that piece. And that's what makes it awesome. And yeah. And I think it's also time. And I think that's something that people I really can't. I can't don't. do what I've done without that experience. I can't exactly. do it without the struggle, without that, without exactly just like to this. Live, you know? Exactly. And so many people, especially in our world, Aurora, when we're teaching people photography, uh, they they see somebody like a Don Kamarechka and they see a snowflake photo and they think, Oh, I'm sitting with Don, I'm learning how to make snowflake photos. I should be able to do this now too. Well, yeah, 10, 20 years from now, you will be able to do that yeah. if you keep on doing a hundred of those snowflakes every uh, winter and you know what I mean just like what you do right you have to do it and then so yeah I think that's great to to leave people with the fact that you are where you are because you put in the time you put in the effort it 
it has been 20 plus years. I mean, uh, when was it I, we worked at Nosh? It was 2000, I guess it was 2000 to 2004 or five. No, 2000, yeah, 2004. I, I, think it was, I was 2001, there. I was full time. Okay. Tattoo artist. So it would have been before that. Wow, and so, really? And uh, that's yellow CRX and stuff with Karen, my friend and stuff. Yeah. That was 1997, 98, 99. Yeah, man. And the Yugo. I was apprenticing in 99 and 2000. So, man, time flies. Well, it's it's been amazing watching you grow, uh, seeing you fishing in Australia and, you know, loving life and having a great time oh, and then so catching humble. up every once in a while. I, I, I cherish your friendship and I'm so happy and proud of you. Uh, I, I just love what you're doing, dude. So, congratulations on, on living this long and, <laughs> and being happy about it. And, yeah. uh, you know, finding your niche. That's awesome. So we've yeah. got a couple of questions for you now. Okay, cool. Um, and you have seen our show. You're one of the rare guests who've watched the show. So you probably know these questions. <laughs> okay. um, the first question is, and we've already alluded to it, uh, a tool of the trade. What do you find is something that you will draw on every time you work? Something that's important to you to have either a, a, a tangible item or an idea or a concept. What is it that you cannot do what you do without Hmm. Interesting. Without uh, <laughs> does patience count? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Especially uh, it from requires a lot of patience to do what we do. So a lot of artists take a lot more time to draw and do different things. I have a. I need patience in my clients to trust that I'm trying to get to them all. I mean, I'm always trying to help everybody. That's kind of been my curse. And I am always um, also trying to keep my clientele on a constant revolving so that nobody's left out and nothing's unfinished. And so patience is what I always need for people because I feel bad not getting back to them and different stuff like that. And I find when they have that, I am on point. They come in. I'm so glad to see them. I'm, they were the ones that waited the longest. For what, you know what I mean? Oh, take as long as you need. And... Uh, and that being said, when I'm setting up, when I'm doing different things, I'm usually on par. I'm always trying to be there early and I'm trying to be set up and I don't dawdle, I don't take smoke breaks, I don't waste anybody's time, nothing like that. And I like people to do the same. Mm -hmm. So, and with patience and stuff, it's usually in the beginning. It's usually trying to get in. I always need patience from people. I will get to you, I will promise. I will. <laughs> Each and every piece I know is important and means something to them. Um, but again, like I'm grateful, I love what I do and I get great clients. So there's not too much I could ask more than that um, because I, uh, I have a great understanding of what they need and when I need right away. I can kind of read people when they see me for who I am as a true artist and yeah, I'm here to make them happy, not myself. Yeah. Uh, I get to be happy when they're happy with their artwork or, you know, like if you're selling anything, you want them to be happy with the product, exactly. right? There's so, nothing more rewarding uh, than, yeah. than the outcome for sure. Okay. The other question I have for you is what is your jam? What song gets you going? What What do you, all right. I know for me, when, when somebody asks me what my jam is, I think, what would I sit there and be able to play uh, every day and jam to and, and love? So for me, it's like YYZ or, or Tool. 46 and two stuff like that drumming music right yeah what is your jam what gets you going what what will you never skip past what do you give a five star to uh you know it's my friends bands i can't i love all my local buddies down in barry and stuff like that and every day i've got to constantly through that rotation of them uh i've started now that i'm playing more music and different stuff in my life i started listening to music different so you asked me this six months from now i might give you a different answer totally yeah um but I do a lot of like hip hop still. I like some soulful, Eminem. like oh, yeah, you um, taught me so much about Eminem blues stuff. I can't. I love my Hendrix. I love my CCR classic rock seventies. Anything, you know what I mean? The Who, Zeppelin. I like all that stuff because it's especially where I'm at with music. I feel like I need to be listening to that stuff or bottom hits and stuff. Yeah. Um, so go-tos are always West Coast hip-hop. Uh, I mean, it always put me in a good mood. You know what I mean? Uh, just because of I was that skater kid. I'm still a skater kid. Um, but 
I'll, I'll go through my times. Again, I, music can be emotional. It's its own art form. So if I'm up or down, I have the happy music and the sad music. And uh, piano will make me cry every time. You know what I mean? But you get some trumpet going and you just kind of can't help <laughs> the shoulders. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Mark, Aurora, would you have anything else you'd like to talk to Anthony about before we let him go for the night? I'm good. I just want to say thanks, Anthony, for being here with us this evening. Um, it's uh, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you, and uh, I, uh, I I think we could probably just keep talking all night if we uh, if we had unlimited time. So uh, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Um, I actually want to say thank you as well. But um, where can uh, people check out your work um, or visit you for a tattoo? Okay. Uh, I have quite a few social media outlets. I'm actually in the process of redesigning my website. Um, the website I've been using for the last 20 years, uh, as you may tell, it's a little bit dated, but it's the love of my life. Uh, www.incorporated.com. Um, I-N-K-O-R-P-E-R-A-T-E-D. Uh, or you can just Google my name, Anthony Orsatti. I come up pretty easy on there. Um, I have straight and true tattoo. That is also an Instagram page, as well as my own pages as well with the Anthony. I, uh, I will be redesigning a few things and doing some more online stuff, some different stuff on YouTube, time-lapse videos. Uh, but for getting a hold of me, best thing, straight and true, tattoo at gmail.com. It's the best way to reach me. Um, I'm trying to organize that so I can prioritize emails and really try to get to everybody the best I can. Is that the name of your shop? The name of my shop is Straight and True Tattoo. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was always about that. It's something I believe in. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Anthony, man, awesome. thank you so much. Love you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and being with us. And Anytime. Keep on doing all the awesome stuff Anytime. you do. Anytime. We can talk yeah. about random topics forever. Well, you know, it's funny because I have a, another window open here of 112 times people got hilarious tattoos. And I was going to go with like a couple of these really bad tattoos yeah. and then you know, just get your opinion. And I think we'll, we'll save that for another show. We'll get Next you on time. another time. Yeah. Next time. We'll, we'll use my tattoos though and get his opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got some of my own. We could just keep going. Yeah, we could just do a whole yeah. show on that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Aurora, Mark, thank you both as well. And uh, Ryan was supposed to be here. Uh, he was supposed to make the show, but apparently he had a bit of a, an issue at his shop tonight, so he couldn't make yeah. it. So sorry I couldn't make it, Ryan. We'll see you next week. And to everybody who watches and listens to us, thank you so much. Hope you have a great new year in 2022, and we will talk to you all very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.